I, I was thinking about what, what we should talk about this morning, and the, the very, one of the very first things that came into my mind was, well, most of our young people, most of our teenagers are not going to be here. And, and so many of those young people, they're, they're in the process of growing and, and, and tr- striving to grow into men of God, striving to grow into women of God. And, and, and it just kind of changes the dynamic that we have here th- th- this, this morning because most of the folks that are here are, are, are at least a little bit older, uh, I, I'm going to assume in, in a very general sense. And what you hope comes with age is a sense of maturity. Now, maturity doesn't always come with age, but, but there's some parts of maturity that only come with age, and we understand that. And this kind of got my mind going down this road of, of what does it mean to be a mature Christian? And, and so my, my message this morning is a message to the mature, and, and that has nothing to do with your age. If you're sitting here thinking, well, I can check out of this one, right, because I'm too young. Um, Chance was talking yesterday to, 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 the, to the teens, and he started talking about some of the older people, and he pointed at me. And I said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. That ain't me, right? I'm still a young adult. That, ain't, that used to be in the 20s and the 30s, but I think any, anybody under 45 is probably a young adult, right? That's just all changing in my mind. We, I was in a, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I was in a, I was in a, visiting a congregation once, and they had little bulletin boards for every group at church. And one they had their their young professionals, and then they had their their their, their young adults, and then they had whatever prime time or whatever. And and under under their young adult group, it had formerly known as the 20s and 30s group. It just kind of moves along. But but what I'm trying to say is that hopefully what we're going to talk about is going to hit everybody in some shape, form, or fashion, regardless of your age or, or regardless of where you are, that hopefully you've grown in your faith. Hopefully you've, you have more maturity today than maybe you had even, even a year ago or certainly a decade ago. That, that maturity that's so important for having a healthy church and for being what God wants us to be. And I guess the, the very first place that I thought about when I thought about maturity was I just started scrolling through my mind about examples of, of maturity in the Bible. And, and I thought about what Paul would say, even, even to a young man. The words that, that, that Paul gave in 2, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, when, when he writes to Timothy and he says, I thank God. I thank God as I constantly remember, and as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith that is within you. And, and it's real easy for us just kind of to to read through this and okay let's get on to the meat of the book and this is just kind of his 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 you know his his greetings but i think there's something powerful in what he's saying there paul is saying to timothy i look at you and i see someone who has great maturity he goes on you know he talks about i know where your faith came from right and paul will talk about the the maturity that existed in timothy's mother and in timothy's grandmother But all he's trying to say is, I see this maturity. I see this growth in your life 
And I want you to know that I thank God for that maturity. And so when we think about a message for the mature, I guess in many ways, I would just say thank you for being you. And, and, and that, that may make you a little bit uncomfortable, but, but it's, a, it's a very biblical idea that we can give thanks for each other. Thanks for people that, that, that God has brought into our life, people that challenge us, people that inspire us. Isn't that easy to do? Just to say thank you? And I, I just really appreciate what you do. I was thinking about some things I would like to do to show appreciation for people. Right? You, you, ever, you ever play that game? If, if I had a million dollars, right? If I had $10 million, I would, I would do this or I would do that. Anybody ever play that game in their mind? But I, I don't have $10 million, so, you know, Donnie, I was going to give it all to you, but since I don't, sorry. But, but that doesn't mean I can't do anything. And we, 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 we read what, 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 I think it's Proverbs 3, where it says that, that if, if it is within your power to do good for another man, then we ought to do it. Don't, don't withhold good from, to, from, from someone to whom it is due when it is within your power. And I may not be able to give Donnie $10 million, but I can say, Donnie, th- thank you for being you. Thank you for, that, for the faith that, that, that is exhibited throughout your life. It, that's easy for us to do, isn't it? Man, I just appreciate seeing you here this morning. I come in and, and, and it's, it's, it just makes it, makes it better for me. That's what Paul is saying to Timothy. I thank God, and when I speak to God, I thank Him for you and for your faith. When we think about a healthy church, it is those who are mature that, that are the backbone of the church. The driving force behind the congregation. And, and by the way, I understand full well that not everyone in a body is going to be, is going to be the, the, the most mature in the body. I know that. But that doesn't mean I'm not grateful for the ones who are. Those who are always active. Those who are always serving. Those who are, those who are always reaching out to, to those who are visiting. Those who are inviting, for example, for our friends and family day next week. Those who, who, who can be depended upon. Those who, when they're not there, they are missed. Those, those who are constantly looking for opportunities to serve. Those who are teaching Bible classes. Those who are participating in Bible classes. If we didn't have those people, we wouldn't have a very healthy church. But, but, but because we do, we have a strong congregation of God's people. May we give thanks both to God and to each other for those who are mature in our number. To give thanks that we have examples. Are there not people, as you even look out across the auditorium today, and I know you're not looking out like I'm looking out, but kind of the way our auditorium is facing, you can kind of look across and you can kind of see different people. Can't you see people? That you look at their life and say, they're showing me something better. They show me something that I want to be. That example, that inspiration. I guess I would just start the same way that Paul starts his letter to Timothy, who although he was a young man, was a mature man. And he said, I just want you to know that I give God thanks for a lot of things. 
And one of them that I give thanks for is you. Now, as we give thanks, the, the second place that my mind went was that we ought not to resent our responsibility. What do I mean by that? Because we're talking about maturity here, but, but to understand that, that with maturity comes a great deal of responsibility. That those who have responsibility, you, you don't just give responsibility to anyone, right? You give responsibility to people that can be depended upon, people who, who are leading, people who are already in many ways fulfilling, fulfilling works. That with maturity comes a greater responsibility. Even in regards to becoming teachers of the word, James would say, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren. And he didn't say that because he was trying to say, we don't want people teaching. He said that because he wanted us to understand what comes along with teaching. Knowing that as such, we shall incur a stricter judgment. There's a great deal of responsibility whether you want to talk about standing in a pulpit or teaching in a Bible class or sitting in someone's home, anytime that you put yourself in that position to say, I'm going to teach someone else something about God, th- there's a burden that comes with that. Don't resent, don't resent the responsibility. Have you ever found yourself in that position of, well, well here's the deal. Those who, are, those who are mature, those who are dependable, those who are leaders, whenever there is something that is needed, whenever there is something that must be done, do, do you know who gets the phone call? Do you know? That person. Over and over and over, because they, they say yes, they get the job done. You don't have to babysit that person. You don't have to beg that person. They, if, if they can, then they do it. So conversely, they're asked to do a lot of things. And sometimes when you're asked to do a lot of things, it might, it might enter into your mind, oh, I sure wish they'd ask somebody else. Right? Don't, don't, as your mind is tempted to go there, don't allow it to go there. And some of that is not over committing yourself and realizing your limits, and, and it's okay to say no sometimes. I, I mean, I, there are real reasons to say no to things. But, but to understand, to understand that it, it, with that responsibility is an amazing opportunity that, that not everyone has. That you're receiving an opportunity to influence and to mold and to lead God's people. Don't resent your responsibility. Don't be burdened down by it so that you become bitter and you become cynical. Paul said he wants us to think about that. Before we take on those things. To, to those who are mature, I, I, I would say that we need to learn patience. Learn patience with those who are less mature. See, I've, I've already said that in, in any sort of body, you're going to have those who are more mature and you're going to have those who are less mature. That's true about this congregation. That's true about every congregation, right? And, and one of the frustrating things, if you are mature, do you know what frustrates you? Immaturity. Why do they act that way? You, 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 ever, you ever see children, especially siblings, as, as they begin to grow, uh, that an older sibling will sometimes look at, look at their younger siblings, and they're very frustrated by their immaturity. And as a parent, you're looking and you're saying, you were doing the same thing two years ago, right? We, we, we've seen that in children. 
The same thing happens in churches that, that sometimes we, we look down and we say, we say I, I can't believe these people. Okay, I mean, yeah, they do need to change, but do you remember that you were doing the same thing just a few years, years ago? And we have this admonition that as we're called to maturity, not to crush those who are less mature, because you could have been crushed as well, but we have this admonition to show patience with them. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and I've often wondered what it would have been like to have written a letter to a church like the church at Corinth. I mean, I've gone into some situations where I was speaking, and I knew there were some issues, and we probably need to be aware and talk about those issues. I mean, I don't think I've ever been asked to address someplace like Corinth. And Paul, Paul, as he deals very methodically, I mean, he does, Paul doesn't duck stuff, okay? The way to be patient with immaturity is, is not to act like you don't know they're immature. No, it's to call people to maturity. But, but he has a patience, even as he deals with things very directly. He says, brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to babes in Christ. I gave you milk to drink and not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able. There are always going to be those who struggle. There are always going to be those who, for some reason or another, Maybe it's just because of their makeup or their background. I don't know the reason. But they're always going to struggle with maturity. Paul dealt with that. He didn't just write these people off. He said, I'm going, I'm going, to, write, but I'm going to write to you, but I understand that there's a way that I'm going to have to write to you. It's one of the challenges of preaching and teaching that, listen, sometimes, sometimes you're, you're speaking to people who, who are way up here in their maturity, and sometimes they're way down here, and usually they're in the same room. So sometimes, sometimes you're going to give the meat, and sometimes you're going to give the milk. Sometimes you're going to try to mix those things together, right? Paul just says, I couldn't give you meat. The, the, the Hebrew writer Right when he's going on to talk about Melchizedek, and and we we talked about that in our Wednesday night class that we talked about the life of Abraham. But 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 what the Hebrew writer is saying is that there's so much more that I would love to be able to show you. There are so many more depths that that, that I would like to take you to, but I'm not able to take you there, just because you're not able. And he acknowledges that it would really be almost a waste to 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 try and explain that to them, right? I always, I always think about, I don't know, I always think about a math teacher trying, trying to teach calculus to someone who doesn't understand basic algebra. You can lecture all day long on calculus. If they don't understand basic algebra, they're not going to get it. So you've got to go back to the milk. Doesn't mean that you ought to always be on the milk, right? We don't want to see a 40-year-old drinking out of a bottle. Wouldn't that be weird? That'd be weird, even on Halloween, if somebody dressed up like a baby and was drinking milk out of a bottle tonight. That'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? But spiritually speaking, people do that. Paul, Paul says, I want to take you, I want to help you to progress. To understand that there are people that those of you who are mature are going to have to walk with. You're going to have to be patient with them. You're going to have to give up your rights. Not because you ought to have to do it, 
but because that person needs you to do it. When Paul says, when, when Paul says, if 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 it offends my brother, I will never eat meat again. Why? Because there were some people who were, let's be honest, so immature that, that, that they thought there was something to the meat and where, and where it had been used. Paul said, I know that's nothing, but we got these immature brethren, and if I just act like I think it's nothing, I'm going to crush them. Patience. Be patient with those who are less mature. And then finally, finally, keep growing. Every one of us to look at our lives and to say, where am I? Where have I been? And where am I going? Our theme for the youth retreat this weekend, and it'll be our theme for Yes Weekend coming up, is, is I don't care. And we just try to talk about this idea that, that so many times people just, just dismiss spiritual things. I don't, I don't care about that. I, I, don't, I don't care about studying my Bible. I, I don't care about other people. I, I, I don't really care about God. And, and nobody actually says that, but many times we live like that. And one of the things that we talked about is this idea of having a holy ambition. And it was kind of fun, you know, going around the circle and saying, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, hey, we're going to have lots of doctors and surgeons and lawyers. And I mean, that, that's, that's the game plan anyways that I was getting from our, from our young people. Uh, but I just asked the question, so what part of your ambition has any holiness to it? I mean, how do you plan on growing spiritually? And I think we all have to ask ourselves that question. Not because we're all babes in Christ. There are some of you who here are babes in Christ, and, and that growth w- will, be, will be exponential as you grow from, from, from drinking milk to eating solid food. But, but as I think about the mature in particular, wh- what about when I've gone beyond the baby stage, but, but I've not grown, gone on to great maturity? I'm not a babe in Christ, but I don't know that you would say I'm a man either. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. See, it's this interesting thing. Anytime you talk about maturity or what is right, that there are some who will think, well, you think that you have it all figured out. Paul says, how far from it? I don't think that at all. Matter of fact, my observation has been that the most mature people are, are, have the most awareness of their sin. Immature people don't think much about sin at all. But when we grow in Christ, we see Christ much more clearly, which makes us, forces us to see our own sin. So it's not that I've obtained it or become perfect, but I press on. I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the, prize, towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on. I read those words, and here's what I think. If the Apostle Paul, the man who gave up everything in his life for the glory of God, the man who was beaten for the glory of God, the man who was willing to die for the glory of God, the man who was imprisoned for the glory of God, if he needed to grow in his faith, 
I don't think I'm looking at anybody who doesn't need to grow in their faith. Because I'm striving to grow into the very image of Christ. To be with Him for eternity. Keep growing. I want to challenge you to think about that in your life. How are you going to grow spiritually in the next six months? In the next year? I mean, what, what do you have to achieve? Where are the holes in your faith? Do I want to become a greater student of God's Word? Do I want to be more purposeful about the way that I serve others? Do, 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 I, want, do, do I want to be more purposeful in my prayer life? I mean, you, you think about those things. Do, do, I want to, do I want to be more evangelistic in everything that I do? Most of us could probably find areas in all of those things that I need, and many more. Don't be satisfied with where you are spiritually. Don't do it. There are people who will make you look real good. But when I go and I stand at the cross, I don't look so good. You don't look so good. So I need to keep growing. And as I grow, I must be careful that I don't regress. Do you know that it's possible to take a step back spiritually? It's possible to take a step back spiritually. We, we mentioned this a few moments ago from Hebrews chapter 5, where Paul says, by, by, for, by, for though by this time you ought to be a teacher, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. You have regressed. I think of people, I think of people in my life that I've, I have known to be very mature in their faith, who regressed. People who have served as elders, people who have served as, as ministers, people that have been Bible class teachers, uh, people who have been incredibly evangelistic. But then something happened, and, and there's always a story for what happened. But, but they look at their life and they, say, and they would say, I'm not as mature as I used to be. Sometimes this happens, uh, and I always see the contrast whenever I, I'm new in, in, in a congregation. And when, you, and when you're new in a congregation, people will always talk about others in the way that they have seen them for a very, very long time. But sometimes when you're new and you don't have all that background, you look at people and you say, I, I don't see it. And what other people are seeing are things that are coming from from five years ago and ten years ago and, and lifetimes ago at times. Where that fruit that used to be so vibrant has just kind of withered on the vine. Because we, we all know that can happen if we do not continually press forward. I was thinking about uh, a man who was, he was the most evangelistic man in the entire church. I was told he has converted more people to the cause of Christ than anyone else in our entire congregation. One of the most spiritual elders that we have ever had. And I was told that over and over again. And I just kept thinking, I don't see it. Well, it was because some things were going on and it happened in his life. And he had fallen. And, and he hadn't quit coming to services but he just wasn't as mature as he used to be. Wasn't as strong as he used to be. I know that can happen to me. I know that it can happen to you. And so the admonition is, if we think about maturity, is to keep growing. Paul would say, 
1 Corinthians 14 and verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking. Do not be children in your thinking. A challenge for you and me to continue to grow. Yet in evil be babes, but in your thinking be mature. It is that, that dynamic that I want to be as innocent as a child. I want to be like that babe who, who doesn't even really know sin. When it, comes to, when it comes to evil. But when it comes to the way that I think, the way that I see God, the way that I see the world, the way that I see myself. He says be mature in those things. Think about the deeper things. To grow in Christ. See, because we have a lot of young people here, really where we started, right, that aren't here this morning, and they're, and they're watching. Do, do we know that? that they're watching, and, and their, their understanding of what maturity looks like and in many ways what Christ looks like, it's going to come by looking at you and looking at me and looking at the way that we deal with sin, the way that we repent, the way that we pray, the way that we treat one another. The, they're going to see either the presence or the absence of maturity in us. I want them to see something significant. More than that, I want God to see something significant. In spite of my immaturity, I want Him to see someone who's striving to know Him more and more every single day. Friends, if you're here this morning and you're outside of Christ, then take a huge step in growing in your faith by coming and being born again. Repent of your sins, be baptized, have your sins washed away, and begin that walk in newness of life. If you're here this morning, and, and maybe even as someone who is in Christ, you just haven't acted like Christ. You've allowed sin to, to rule your life, or, or you've just allowed Christ to be pushed over in the corner of your life. Then come back to Him. That's what, that, that's what we're reading about there in, in the book of Hebrews, right? He's not just saying, you people, you, you're drinking milk again and shame on you. He's saying, listen, come back to where you were. You come back to Christ. You come this morning as we stand and as we sing.